This is Welcome Home Radio from the Fresno Association of Realtors on 940 ESPN. Well, good morning and welcome to Welcome Home Radio. This is Don Scordino, your host on our Valley's Most Informative Real Estate Talk Show. This hour is being brought to you by the Fresno Association of Realtors and the many realtors that we have, the many affiliate members that we have. And our goal is to provide the listeners with some really good information so that we make really good informed decisions. And going back 12, 15 years ago, as a industry, as a society, um, there were some really poor decisions. And, and it, it, it really hurt by 2008, 2009. And we really want to make sure that this doesn't happen again. In fact, the goal that I have is my personal goal because we started this show January 3rd, 2009. And the, at that point, the market was, ugh, it was not so good. It was, um, and that's being kind, by the way, <laughs> to say not so good. But one of my goals was to make sure that next time we have a real estate downturn, that Fresno is not in the top 10 for foreclosures because we're going to make good informed decisions. Um, and that's part of this show. To help me with that today, we have one of our affiliate members, uh, meaning she's not a realtor, but boy, I don't know of anybody that would know as much as you do in this business. And that is Susan Britter of First American Home Warranty, the area manager for home warranties. And you think, well, gosh, home warranties, how would you know anything about real estate? But my gosh, you do. Welcome. Thank you, Don. Good morning. Great to see you as always. Glad to be here. Thank you. So how long have you been in this industry? And that might explain some of your knowledge. <laughs> uh, well, this is my 34th year in the business. So you can imagine what I've seen in over three decades in the business. Uh, but I spent considerable time um, teaching continuing education credit classes to realtors. So I had to become a uh, subject matter expert, not just on home warranty, but just what, you know, real estate in general and all the forms that are used and all, all sorts of things. So it's certainly been my honor to work with realtors this long. I've enjoyed it. Mm -hmm. And I, I'm impressed by how you have your, your thumb on the pulse of the market. Um, and, and I guess there's a real relationship between what you do and how realtors sell homes. Well, absolutely. Of course, you know, my primary job being an area manager is to work with all the realtors. And so whatever's going on in the world of real estate, I have to know because it directly impacts my business. If there's more business, or if there's less business, then I'm bringing in more warranties or I'm less warranties. And so I know what's going on all of the time. It's my job too. Mm -hmm. So it turns out that one of, I've been planning this for about a month that on a particular show, which this Saturday is the one we're going to do it, um, I wanted to give a little commentary, personal commentary on things that I'm seeing and hearing in the market that I think we need to say, stop and say, wait a minute, that may or may not be the right thing to do. And so I'm going to do that. And then after I'm done, I, I would invite your, your commentary <laughs> on, on some of those things. Sure. Okay, the first thing I really want to comment on is that equity is a good thing. Um, equity is um, the profit that you have in a home. It's the difference between your home's value 
and the how much you owe on it. So if you owe nothing, you've got 100% equity. That's a good thing. That means you don't have a mortgage payment. Um, there is, just as there was 15 years ago, an increasing um, commercial, I don't want to use the word attack because that's too strong, but there's a lot of advertisements going on saying, hey, tap your unused equity, borrow money, and, and pay off those high interest credit cards. Do you know if you do that, you're going to, 30 years from now, you're going to be making the final payment on that dinner you had last month uh, that you put on your credit card. So not, you know, think twice about that one. And that's not to say somebody could truly justify doing it. Uh, if it's a absolute need, yeah, I mean, it's better to do that. Uh, I know a guy who borrowed the equity in his home to help his, uh, his business run. And he was absolutely happy that he did that. He made some good decisions after that and got the mortgage paid off. Now, a lot of people are saying, hey, um, you know, lower your payment $200 a month. If you go backwards in your amortization schedule, that will lower your payment, but you might actually be paying more money. And let me give you an example. Let's say you have a $300,000 home or, or mortgage and you want to refinance it. Here's the best way to do it. The true cost of that refinance uh, or the true savings of that refinance. If you've got a $300,000 mortgage and you're going to drop the interest rate 1%, that's $3,000 a year that you're saving in interest payment. Interest is a cost. It's something you're paying to somebody else for the use of their money. That's $250 a month. Now, that can get all construed because somebody might say, oh, I could drop your payment $400 a month. Well, yeah, but that's because you went from 22 years remaining on your mortgage back to 30 years. Uh, so that will construe it. The real savings is the $250 a month. Now where that comes in is that a lot of times you see people say, well, I'm, you know, uh, I'm, I'm saving $200 a month, but in actuality, their interest rate went up a quarter of a percent. Well, that's probably not a good deal. So that's my commentary on equity. And who do you contact? Contact your trusted realtor uh, and, and your trusted loan officer to get get that and kudos to them if they say hmm you know what probably not worth doing then that that is an honest loan officer who who, who can uh, say something like that um, I also want to make a little commentary because as I drive around the different cities of California as I travel for the realtor organization one of my favorite things to do it's kind of embarrassing I, I do have a life though but <laughs> I love driving through neighborhoods and, and you know whether I'm driving through Glendale or Brentwood or Bakersfield or Fresno I notice some differences here's my commentary Fresno Clovis Central Valley we need to pick up our game just because we're limited to three days a week for watering doesn't mean you don't need to mow your lawn. 
right? Or in, in that you don't need to edge it, and you don't need to cover the lawn with by parking two cars on it. This is not good for the neighborhood, and by the way, it's not good for equity either, because that will bring the value down. Um, it's less desirable. It also creates more crime opportunities. So uh, be careful on that. And if the watering situation gets bad enough and your yard has to turn brown, at least keep it mowed. Um, that, that shouldn't be too much there. And, and then that is, and, and by the way, this has nothing to do with ownership or if you're renting. If you're renting, same thing. It's your home. Have some pride in your home. Um, so that, you know, and someday you will be a homeowner if um, you have enough pride in who you are and in where you live. Um, also want to say one other thing. I see a lot of legislation, possible lend legislation coming out, which is really intended to replace communication. And you think, wow, legislation replacing communication. Yeah, rent control. Uh, rent control bills are out there. Um, they're trying to legislate uh, the, the price that is paid, when someone can be terminated. Uh, and yet, really, for centuries, we've relied on communication for that. The landlord, with respect, talks to the tenant. The tenant, with respect, talks to the landlord, and they work out a good balance. Um, and I remember being taught 40 years ago when I bought my first rental home, hey, you don't rock the boat. If you have a good tenant, keep the rent low. Keep it a little lower so that they don't want to move, and then you keep a good tenant. It's all worth it. Um, and uh, I, me personally, I have a lot of tenants that have been there for years and years. Um, I had one 23 years. Wow, 23 years. Yeah. Wow, yeah. that's and, amazing. Uh, hey, and when I get to heaven, he's going to be one of the first ones I look up because <laughs> he was in my Hall of Fame. He Such a great communicator, so respectful, a, a, a wonderful human being. And I don't think I ever raised the rent. I remember that. Don't rock the boat. So anyway... That's the end of my commentary for today. <laughs> that was fun. I'm going to do this again sometime. Oh, my gosh. What, what did you think of that? What, well, my should gosh, I do you, this again? Yes, you should. You touched a lot of points, though. And, you know, that we, uh, I thought it was really interesting. You were talking about equity in a home and tapping into your equity. And, of course, there are times when people need to do that. There's a variety of reasons. But people need to, to understand that one of the best ways to um, really increase your wealth is by having equity in real estate. It's the equity. So when you start tapping into it, you're starting to tap into your wealth. And I could certainly understand if maybe somebody's made a mistake and they're carrying credit card debt of 24% or something like that. And if they were to pay that off and never put a dime on a credit card again, it's feasible that, that could, they could work that out, pay extra on their mortgage, and get that, that paid off. But unfortunately, a lot of times, probably most of the time when people are in that kind of credit card debt, they just clear it out and start over again. And now what you've done is you've created even more debt for yourself because now you've tapped into your equity. So I think just people just need to always be very careful taking any equity out of their home and make sure it's for the right reasons, for sure. Mm -hmm. 
Well, I'd like to hear your feedback on some of these other ones too, but we do have a commercial break to go to. So stay tuned to Welcome Home Radio, 940 ESPN. Welcome back to Welcome Home Radio. This is Don Scordino, your host. And with Earth, Wind, and Fire playing their music, we go to an insurance agent. (laughs) So, um, Susan Britter, a First American home warranty. And a home warranty technically is an insurance policy. Yes. And uh, Earth, Wind, and Fire, you're probably your... (laughs) Three uh, favorite things, right? <laughs> oh, earth, wind, and fire. Boy, have we seen in California the damage that they can cause. So oh, bad. Oh, you've been to oh, their my. concerts? <laughs> <laughs> I love in earth, wind, and fire. Um, you know, we were talking about the conditions of our yards and parking cars on lawns. And, you know, the thing that I've always seen is that I've seen in some neighborhoods where people will hoard things or they will have garbage piled up or things they're never going to use or whatever. And I've never really understood that because um, we have garbage pickup, put it in a garbage can, get rid of it. We don't need to make our properties look terrible. And if you are keeping things, keep them out of sight, in a garage, in a backyard, somewhere out of the view of the public because it really does hurt your equity. Um, and you are so right when you drive around. It's funny that you say you drive around because it really is interesting to drive through different neighborhoods in different cities and just say how different people live. Um, and regardless of our watering schedule, you can still water. Your grass can still be green. There's no reason for a dead lawn. There's just no, there's just no excuse for it. We have plenty of water now. We're very fortunate. Um, if you don't want to use the water, then plant something different, do something different, but don't let your lawn die because you're really hurting the value of your own property and that of your neighbors. And of the neighbors. And that's something I learned as a little kid. So my job growing when I was growing up uh, in the household was I had to mow the lawn every week. Um, but, you know, like any 12-year-old kid, I was lazy at times and let it go. And I remember my mother would get on me, and she didn't say the lawn looks bad. What she said is the neighbors are not going to like this. Get out there and mow the lawn. And and, and it was true. She, she wanted me to do it, and she felt that way out of respect for the neighbors yeah not not for her so well we're all part of a community it's not just us in our house in our own little tiny little you know patch there we're all part of a bigger community than ourselves and that's everybody on our block that's the entire neighborhood several blocks over that's just the city of fresno all of us have a responsibility for being a part of a bigger whole and um let's look good let's look good to to other people and keep our property values up I can't stop but thinking we had the best neighbor, Mr. Wilson, and uh, <laughs> and when I just could, I'm like 12 years old. I couldn't get the lawnmower to work or to start up, and he came over to help me out. And he goes, "Well, let's put some gas in it and see if that helps." <laughs> <laughs> it started right up, you know. Didn't Dennis the Menace have a neighbor, Mr. Wilson? Oh, Wasn't yeah. that Dennis the Menace? Yeah. Okay. Well, there you go. Hey, wait a minute. You're, ma- you're making a comparison here. <laughs> All right. Let's go to um, 
home warranties. Mm-hmm. What what are they and what do they do? Why should somebody have one? Well, a home warranty is a service contract on our property where we all know we have many systems and appliances in our house and they're all mechanical items that at some point in time are going to break down. And our job is to repair or replace them when they do. And what we're generally looking at is normal wear and tear, just, you know, day in, day out use of of a system or appliance, and it finally just does not perform its normal function. And so a homeowner would contact the home warranty. We would dispatch um, a claim out to a licensed contractor in that specific trade, appliance, heating and air, et cetera. Uh, They would set an appointment with the client, come out, take a look at the item, and assuming that's a covered item and a covered situation of normal wear and tear, then we would um, make a repair to that system or appliance, or we would replace it. So that's really home warranty in a nutshell. It's almost like an HMO. Yes, exactly. As a fact, I was talking to a homeowner the other day about sort of how the system works. And I said it's a little bit like socialized medicine in a way. <laughs> Nothing for or against it, just sort of, sort of is. Uh, that's, that's exactly, that you're exactly right. Wow. It is a lot like that because everybody pays the same amount. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, Pretty much. I, for under 5,000 square feet, and if they have a pool, everybody's going to be paying the same amount. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yes. I recently had a client who said, well, I'm, buying this as a rental home is it more money or less money for the uh, uh, the warranty I said no it's all the same yeah what, why is that and, and it, do you do an inspection first we oh, no, no so a couple of things no we do not do any kind of an, an inspection we don't go out to the property and we take a look at it. Um, it it sounds kind of silly to say this but folks are pretty much on the honor system uh, we do know that there's a, unfortunately quite a bit of fraud in our business um, I had two calls yesterday from people who wanted to put a warranty on specifically because they knew their air conditioning was out on their property, two of them in one day. And I said, well, that's not generally the way a warranty works. We don't cover known conditions. We cover unknown conditions. Well, I can still put it on, can't I? Well, you can put the warranty on, but it's not the ethical thing to do to call in for service later. But I can guarantee you that probably both these people are in fact going to try to get the home warranty to cover a problem that they knew existed. Uh, but because we're not out there and we don't know one way or another, um, we could p- certainly potentially cover it. So uh, so there's no inspection that is done. And then just to address your other, it does not matter if a home is vacant, if it's owner-occupied, tenant-occupied. Um, it, doesn't, it, it doesn't make a difference to us because what we're covering is the property and not the person. So whether a tenant's living in the property or an owner, now generally speaking, we know that an owner living in a property is going to be taking better care of it because it's their personal, they they own all of this. They refer, you know, the refrigerator or the stove or what have you. And a tenant might not care as much because if something breaks, they call their landlord or a property manager and it's fixed for them and they don't have to pay for it. But um, it doesn't make a difference to us other than who the point of contact is when a claim is placed. So you say call the landlord. Um, if a landlord places the, places um, a policy on a home and rents the home out to somebody, can the tenant call the, the home warranty and turn in a claim? 
They can, as long as we're made aware of who that person is. We have it in our system. We like to know who that person is. Mm-hmm. If we have a contract under, you know, John Judy Smith, and suddenly, you know, um, Ann Williams calls in, we're going to be saying, well, who is who's Ann Williams? So we'd like to know. So a lot of times we will add the name and contact information of those tenants or somebody else, like a property manager, for instance, that might be calling for service. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so... Let's say the hinge falls off a door. Uh-huh. Is that a covered item? Uh, a, a door, you mean like a door to... Yeah, entry door. Yes. We, do, we don't cover anything structural in, in the house. We're covering a very specific list of mechanical systems and appliances. So things like doors, windows, flooring, carpeting, uh, those types of things are not covered under warranty. We're here for your heating and your cooling and your kitchen appliances and your faucets and toilets and plumbing and electrical. Okay. So the mechanical components of a home, yeah. not the structural components. Correct. 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 Although I guess the real answer is you get a... Um, you get a list or you get yes. a copy of the contract yeah. and it'll show you on there. Cause I read one over one time, believe it or not, <laughs> by the way, we need some uh, new flyers in our office. <laughs> I was just there yesterday and it looks like you have plenty done. They're all in Spanish. Oh, oh, uh, oh, uh, oh. Okay. I'll get and you some English. The reason I know is I looked cause I was going to bring one for today. Oh my goodness. I didn't take a careful enough. Look, my apologies. <laughs> I will be there tomorrow. All right. Um, but in reading it over, there's some things on there that are covered that I never thought would be covered because uh-huh. they're, for example, pest control. Right. It's it's a sort of a one-off sort of thing under warranty that started many, many years ago and is still retained in, in most home warranty contracts. But it's not, it's pest control for the spraying of bugs. And it's not designed for termites or termite damage. So I don't want to confuse that for any, anybody. But, um, and it's only on a first year uh, real estate contract, meaning someone who's just purchased their house for the first year. It does not take the place of normal pest company that might come out monthly or bi-monthly to spray. It's uh, on an as needs basis somebody would contact us and say you know they wake up one morning and there's an ant trail through the kitchen or something like that and they could give us a call Uh, but as far as pest control goes it's much better to use one of the local pest companies and have them come out to do a preventative spraying again once a month or every other month it's really the best way to keep pests down in your home is to prevent it Mm. rather than treat it after it happens okay now we talked about how it's one price for all, but there are optional coverages. Yeah. So yes. tell us about those. Yes. So first of all, when we say one price for all, first of all, there's we do have different products or forms of our warranty for different purposes, such as if you're going through real estate transaction, your cost and your program is going to be different than if you were to just go online directly, you've been in your home for 23 years and you just decide you want a warranty, that's going to be a different product and it's going to be a different pricing. But let's just talk about real estate for a moment, that first year real estate contract. If your home is under 5,000 square feet and you want our basic coverage, it's going to be the same for any everybody, whether it's a 780 square foot property or it's a 4,780 square foot property. Sounds a little bit crazy, but that is in fact how it works. But we do have options, optional coverage for, if, for instance, if you're a suburban and you have a well pump or a septic, we can cover those. 
Those are going to be extra fees. Not everybody has those. The majority of people don't, as a matter of fact. So you'll drill a new well? We won't drill a new well. We cover the well pump itself, just okay. the mechanical Okay, I knew well that pump. answer. Yeah. Yes, yes. <laughs> because that was too good to be true. Yes. No, and and I think a that's well. a key here. If it's too good to be true, yeah. it probably isn't. No, you're not going to. No, and you're certainly not going to. Our well pump option is $85. And obviously, we're not going to be re-drilling or potentially having to re-drill a well for $85. It's just it's just a repair or replacement of the pump itself, the actual domestic well pump. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're kitchen refrigerator, washer dryer, those are options. We do have programs that will include them, but those are generally options. Uh, swimming pool and spas, you can imagine in our area here in the Central Valley, very popular. Yeah, and, and that's good that those are options because not every home has exactly a, a pool right well and then not every home has air conditioning Do, that's true is evaporative cooling covered evaporative co- any form of air conditioning is going to be an extra fee on the program but again we have packages that automatically include it and even though in the in certainly in the valley everybody's going to have some form of air conditioning and we say why is it included if you look statistically at the homes in california and home warranties are written on a statewide basis there are more homes without air conditioning then there are homes with air conditioning. Wow. And so that's why we, we um, have an extra fee to charge for that if somebody wants air conditioning. All right. With that, we're going to go to our next commercial break, but stay tuned to Welcome Home Radio, 940 ESPN. back to Welcome Home Radio. This is Don Scordino, uh, your host, and I hope you all remember that song as you go to refinance uh, and pay off credit cards. The home that built me. And if you think for a second, I'd like every listener out there to just think. Think of a home, a particular one. It could be your grandmother's home, your family home you grew up in. It might be the home you dream of having someday. But think about that and and then that will help you build your value and as our the commentary earlier in the show said you know be careful not to waste your equity and to misuse it um, because that's a home and not only yours but it's the kids your kids that um, my parents struggled mm-hmm. in our home uh, to keep it but Gosh, the memories there are incredible. Sure. Yeah. And, and then as I, people get older, their retirement. I mean, a lot of equity in home is, is used to, at some point in time, um, you know, help with retirement expenses. Yeah. And it's really important for people to realize that it's really important just to sit on it as opposed to use it unless it's something really essential. Mm-hmm. And I still remember the look on my mother's face the day she got the reconveyance on her home meaning the reconveyance from the bank meaning you're paid off you don't owe us any more money that smile now all she owned was something intangible now you know equity mm-hmm. it's intangible she couldn't go out and spend it but but man you can't replace that happiness no. that she had oh absolutely 
the American dream, not just home ownership, but actual ownership of the home, Mm -hmm. right? Getting your mortgage paid off, and um, that's a memorable moment for anybody. Okay, well, now I keep harping on all that because every time I hear or read commercials, it boils my blood to think that, you know, they're trying to get people to tap into the trillions of dollars of unused equity. Equity doesn't need to be used. Um, you know, it, it's a resource, so mm-hmm. don't waste it. Absolutely. Okay, but anyway, we were here to talk home warranties. And um, I, you're not the average person out there. You probably know a thing or two about water heaters, air conditioners, stoves, oh, more so than the average bear. <laughs> yes, I deal with it every day. Yeah. Every day. So how long, like, Somebody sees a water heater and says, oh, my gosh, that thing looks old. Mm-hmm. It's going to go any day. Mm-hmm. What What is the life expectancy on those? Well, it certainly depends upon the quality. But you should get, should get about 15 years from a water heater. Now, in some cases, you might have one that's 30 or 40 years old, and that's absolutely fantastic. But nobody should assume they're going to get any more than about 15 years. Mm-hmm. Do they often go sooner? Absolutely. Oh, okay. of course. You so know, you're just talking an average time. Yeah, span. average time. I mean, we replace water heaters that are three years old. We replace appliances, heating and air that are less than five years old. I mean, it's amazing that the manufacturing of these systems and appliances, they're certainly not what it used to be. There's a lot of um, plastic parts that are being used within them. And a lot of them are simply manufactured to be obsolete after a certain point, and you have to replace it, not even repair it. Sometimes it's cheaper just to put a new one in than, than to repair something. But on a water heater, I would say if you're, you get a good 15 years out of it, you're doing, you're doing well. Mm-hmm. And um, what about an air conditioner? And I, and I guess we should differentiate, too. There's two different types. There's your dual-pack units mm-hmm. and then the uh, split units. Right. Right. Can you tell us the difference, and is there a difference in life expectancy of those? Life expectancy is about the same for them, although with a split system, you might have one component of that split system go out before the other. The other could last 35 years, and the other one goes out of 15. Um, and then you're dealing with compatibility issues and that type of thing, and of course our the type of refrigerant that we use today or that's uh, being manufactured today, the types of units being manufactured today is a different type of refrigerant than the Freon that we're used to. So um, the units that are being replaced today, are they are manufactured for energy efficiency. And um, they're actually really great. I don't think the life expectancy is any longer than the prior units. Um, but definitely our PG&E bills are going to be less in the summertime for sure. Um, so it's really nice to have those new units in homes. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember you were on the show many years ago, six, seven years ago, and you called uh, the Central Valley the dual-pack capital of the country. It is. It is. Actually, <laughs> that what we call package units or dual-packs, we have a higher per capita usage of them here in the Central Valley than anywhere else in the United States. Why is that? Well, they're on roofs. So certainly if you live back east and you have snow, you're not going to be putting your, your heat and your air unit on a roof. Mm-hmm. And so, um, yeah, it's just, uh, it's, it's efficient. And uh, this, is, this is how we build properties. Um, it's just the way we've done it for many, many, many years. 
Other areas, you don't see them at all. You, mm-hmm. you simply just don't see them at all. But we have a really high usage of them. But they're good. They're strong. They provide great heat and air, and they last a considerable amount of time, and people really love them. Now, you, you mentioned something about Freon, and I know the cost and the availability of Freon has gotten really high. It has. It's yeah. skyrocketed. Absolutely. So what's being done to mitigate that as far well related to home warranty or just in general in general well in general i mean the you know it's all about supply and demand right so as these new as the units are being replaced they're being replaced with new units that use um well it's a brand name we we call we call freon is a brand name Uh, the new one is called puron and there's other brand names, but that's our new generic term for for it now. See, I didn't know that. So it's a lot like Scotch tape. Yes, <laughs> yes, yes. Or Kleenex. A Kleenex or Q-tips, right? <laughs> There's things that we use. Our, our brand name is the generic term, but yeah. Um, but yeah, so so it's about supply and demand. And, and as more and more units are replaced with the new units that don't use Freon anymore, less and less Freon is actually manufactured. And I charge an arm and a leg for it because the supplies are dwindling and... It's very, very costly. All right. There is an option that you have, and um, and I'm going to call myself the king of this one, the seller's coverage. Yes. Um, in fact, so much so that I don't think very many other agents use seller's coverage, but I do. Mm-hmm. In fact, so much so that you'll call me and say, um, you ordered this, and you forgot seller's coverage. <laughs> Didn't you want that on there? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Well, here's the thing. Home warranties generally begin at the close of escrow and they last for a year. And that's how most people look at them, realtors look at them, et cetera, et cetera. But we do offer what is called seller's coverage, which just means coverage prior to the close of the escrow. So it could be from the day that the listing goes active. It's not an escrow yet. You don't have a buyer yet, but you've just listed a property. Or it could be the day that it goes into escrow. You have a transaction you've put together and you now you've got 45 days until it closes or any time prior or during this entire process. You can put the seller's coverage on. It's relatively inexpensive. It's about $1.30 a day for every day the coverage is on. Um, It's really a no risk, no brainer proposition because nobody pays a dime up front for it. It's only paid at the successful close. No brainer, that's why I'm using it, huh? (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, Susan. (laughs) I gotta tell you, here's the first- Well, if the shoe fits, what can I say, (laughs) the shoe fits. Thank you. The very first time I used it, um, okay, it was only a 10 day escrow and you guys were charging by the day, so Uh it's not a very big premium that you got. And unbeknownst to the seller, the, the um, some ducting up in the attic had holes in it, mm-hmm. and it ended up. And we turned that. And oh, and by the way, the seller had no more money to close the escrow. So if yeah. he would have had to fix this, we were in trouble. Yeah. But all he had to pay was the deductible of seventy-five bucks. Mm-hmm. He, um, you guys spent seventeen hundred dollars to fix that, and I felt horrible. I mean, because you guys made like. Well, you certainly shouldn't. I mean, that's insurance. There's going to be plenty of people that use it to the tune of thousands and thousands of dollars and other yeah. people that might have one claim for $85 or so Okay, like Susan, that. I so got over it. it. I don't feel that bad don't anymore. Don't feel bad. No, that's exactly <laughs> what it's, but that's exactly what it's for because you never know when something's going to show up. I mean, there's home inspections, specialized inspections, uh, the disclosures, all sorts of things, but 
I can't tell you the number of times an agent has shared a story of a final walkthrough. A buyer walks through that house two days before it closes, and now the air conditioner won't go on. Mm-hmm. And in so many cases, the seller is either tapped out or they're done. They're not going to spend another dime. And, you know, as a buyer, you put yourself in their shoes. Um, they want working air conditioning when they move in. I mean, it's not too far-fetched to assume that everybody would feel the exact same way. So mm-hmm. it, it's a nice, helpful thing to have on the property to have seller's coverage on that property. And by the way, we call it seller's coverage simply because that's who owns the property during the time the coverage is on, right? Prior yeah. to the close. It doesn't apply that the seller has to be the one to pay for it. Buyer can actually pay for seller's coverage, which sounds a little backwards, but it's not because it's protecting the home that they're about ready to buy. Mm-hmm. And in the case of this attic, how many sellers climb up into an attic and, and know what's going on up there? No, most but, don't. But most, most don't. home inspectors do. Yeah. So it, it's almost coverage against uh, against that. But I will say, and here's why I don't feel bad for, for you guys anymore. Um, <laughs> over the years, I've put that on all of them and I could probably count on one hand, the number of times we've had to use seller's coverage, but that big one, of course, $1,700 was there. And there's been times where we unbeknownst to the seller, there's an issue, but it's like, you know, that's only going to cost 40 bucks to fix. Sure. So let's don't turn it in. Yeah. You wouldn't want to pay a $75 trade call fee to a contractor when you could get it done for $40 on the outside. There's no reason to even turn it in as a claim. Sure. Or if the handyman's going to come out anyway to fix five items, might as well fix the sixth one too. Absolutely. And and not have two different repair people out there. Yeah. But the, you know, the point needs to be made and, and you pretty much made it yourself is um, you had some you didn't use it on, but then you had this big one. But the point is, is that if you had to predict it ahead of time, which property was going to need it, you would not have known. And that's like any insurance. You just don't know. We just don't know. And you mm-hmm. certainly cannot judge a book by its cover. I can tell you this from the years in the business, that some of the most beautiful, most well-maintained, gorgeous properties you didn't think would ever even need a warranty have problem after problem after problem after problem after a buyer moves in. You just you just never know. Sometimes it's different users. That, that Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. They use things in a different manner or their expectations are, are very, very different. Um, you know, I use an example a lot of, you know, a dishwasher. I put clean dishes in a dishwasher. I essentially even wash my dishes with soap before I put in a dishwasher. I know it's insane and crazy. So, of course, my dishwasher works because they're going in clean. Of course, they're going to come out clean. But other people don't. They literally just throw a really dirty dish in and then the dishwasher doesn't work for them. It doesn't do a very mm-hmm. good job cleaning. So different standards of how people live are going to make a difference. Yeah. And the different user thing is big. My wife always yes. reminds me I'm not supposed to close a dishwasher with my foot. <laughs> so. I've done that myself, though. Oh, I, do that see, my, I, I, I have done that myself. I don't slam it, but I have done that. Um, Mostly because it probably at the time my hands are wet, I don't want to leave fingerprints, and so I'll nudge it with my knee or my foot and close it. I don't know. Yeah. But as long as you don't hurt it, you're okay. You're okay. All right. And on that note, we're going to go to our next commercial break. So stay tuned to Welcome Home Radio, 940 ESPN. Well, welcome back to Welcome Home Radio. This is Don Scordino, your host, and here in the studio with us today, we have Susan Britter of First American Home Warranty, and 
I would say the best way to warranty a home is good maintenance, preventive maintenance mm -hmm. ahead of time. Yep. Best way to avoid a punch, don't be there. <laughs> that came from the movie The Karate Kid. Oh, there you go. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, well, it's, it's, it's no different than your health and anything else in life that you might uh, warrant or have any type of insurance on. It's best to take care of yourself and not need your health insurance than not take care of yourself and you know what I mean? So um, absolutely preventive maintenance is really important for a home. A home warranty is not a substitute for that. Uh, people still need to have seasonal maintenance on their heating and air conditioning, for example. Um, anybody that has one of the larger built-in refrigerators in their house, they might not know that, but they need those compressors cleaned and maintained just the same as an air conditioner, um, et cetera. And people definitely need to pay attention to what they're putting down their drains and what they're flushing down their toilets because that creates a lot of problems for people. Our, yeah, putting things down the drain. I, I know I had a, a rental home where they kept talking about old pipes. Mm -hmm. And it's like, you know, the home was just built 20 years ago. It's not that old. Right. Uh, and I wouldn't think the pipes were that bad, but it's like, well, because there was all these plugs. Yeah. Finally, the plumber said, you know, I've gone out there so many times. This time, I'm going to have to hydro flush it. When he did, and he videoed it, and he showed it to me, there was so much grease that flew oh, out. Yeah. 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 It, it, and um, the tenant kind of put his head down and said, oh, I see what you mean. Yeah. So there, you got to do something different with grease. You cannot just pour it down a drain. Uh, no, abs absolutely. And, and things like... When you dispose of your food, it's really better to scrape it into your garbage, even if with even that you have a garbage disposal. Uh, things like rice will expand clogged pipes. I know this from personal experience. Mm -hmm. uh, completely clogged it up. Um, it, it, there's all kinds of things. You just just if you can put it into a garbage can. Obviously, we're not talking about absolute you know raw sewage here. We're dealing with something that might go down your kitchen drain. Mm -hmm. But also, just for environmental reasons, it's really important to not put things like paint and paint thinners and caustic chemicals, um, those types of things, down your, your drains as a, a matter of course. Mm -hmm. and, and we actually have seen people that ha wanted to empty their paint buckets and they pour paint down their drains. You can only imagine what happens. Oh, my gosh. It solidifies in the pipes. Yeah. Yeah. They just don't think. Well, and then cleaning and dusting air fill uh, or uh units mm -hmm. dusting the units and cleaning air f or replacing air oh, filters. yeah air filters so if you replace your air filters it's great to do it once a month but if you just do it quarterly you'd be amazed it's like changing the oil in your car and changing the air filter in your car it's amazing if you don't do that what's going to happen and happen sooner so mm. whether someone has a home warranty or not changing the filters is really inexpensive you can even buy filters for a dollar and if you change it up once a month you're going to do yourselves a really big favor mm -hmm. all right and then um how about uh, um electrical switches when they start to get spongy or something mm -hmm. i mean mm -hmm. it that's a problem ready to happen. Yeah. Well, you know, and the thing about home maintenance is to deal with things when they're at a smaller, more manageable stage, as opposed to waiting for something to completely go out or create a, a real problem. And you've got a loose outlet, for instance, take care of it now. Don't wait for it to, you know, fall out of a wall, for instance, and then you've got wires coming out of a wall. Um, just take care of things little bit by little bit. It's just more manageable to take care. It's easier to take care of a home that way, even though we think, well, gosh, there's always something going on. Well, it's a home. There is always something a little 
going on. Uh, but again, better to take care of it when it's at a much more manageable stage. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you don't know what you're doing, and especially with electrical, I would say probably most people uh, don't know what they're doing and um, should touch electrical, uh, it's best to get a professional out and maybe take a look at their system and see what they need to do to either upgrade it or just to do a better job maintaining it. Excellent. So plumbing is probably a, a big thing that yeah. needs the maintenance, probably yeah. even more so than electrical. Electrical seems... Well, it's fixed and kind of stagnant. I mean... It's compartmentalized. Yeah, you know, it's it's behind walls, for instance. There's not human hands touching it or, or what have you. Um, and plumbing is constantly used and, again, sometimes abused, as we were mentioning. Usually electrical is not that abused. Uh, probably the most we see in home warranty is overloaded electrical panels mm-hmm. with older homes that just were not built to to be able to accommodate the needs we have today of computers and televisions in every room and all of the things that we plug in today. Um, and so we do see that. And by the way, home warranties do not cover an overloaded panel. We're just going to cover normal wear and tear. Mm-hmm. So it's a good idea when somebody is uh, purchasing a home or just been in their home for a while, just to have their electrical analyzed every now and then just to make sure that they're okay. All right. And then there's always the option of buying a home warranty, whether you don't have to be in escrow and buying a home. Correct. Somebody could own a home for 20 years and decide that it's time. We're going to. Absolutely. Uh, they can buy. On. Yeah. Home warranty. They, somebody can purchase a home warranty anytime they would like to. They Maybe they had one originally when they bought the home, but they didn't renew it and it's been five years. It mm. doesn't, it doesn't make a difference. Um, I think every home needs one. At, at all, all of the time because you don't know when something's going to break down. I've been in my home for 21, maybe 22 years now, and I've had years where I haven't touched my home warranty. Other years, thousands and thousands of dollars in repairs, but I could not have predicted when that was going to happen, and I maintain everything in my property very well. So I know it sounds biased because this is what I do for a living, but I would not be without a home warranty on my house ever. Mm-hmm. I just wouldn't. All right. Now, I would like to go back to, our, for the last few minutes of our show, I'd like to go back to our commentary that uh, did previously. Sure. And I want to talk about a, the article that came out um, in the local newspaper uh, that said that our housing market is now officially weak. And um, I, I'd like to throw this out there that you've got to pay attention to the words that are used absolutely officially weak um first of all let me get your comment on that and then i'm going to throw some stats out there well we talked about this before we went on air and i was a little fired up about it because a little a little fired up about it because (laughs) the market is fantastic interest rates are great it's a phenomenal time to be purchasing a home right now Um, values are good it's a great time to be selling a house right now and to call our real estate market weak it, it's just, if nothing else, for lack of a better term, 100% incorrect. It's not a weak market whatsoever. And not only to call it that, but actually print it in a newspaper. Um, well. <laughs> it, uh, okay. Now, it, and, and is this a weak market? There's 2,200 active, uh, There, excuse me, there's 2,200 listings out there that are uh, have signs in front of them in the Fresno Clovis market. Half of them, 1,137, are active. The other, 1,085, so almost a, a one-to-one breakdown, are pending and in escrow. So if half of the, if half the signs out there 
are already in escrow. Is that a weak market? It's not remotely weak. It's just, you know, and we were talking earlier about this, that to call something weak because there's been a market that's been a bit better doesn't make it weak. It could be going gangbusters. You know, we're talking about... I don't even know my analogy was great about bench pressing. Bench pressing, right. Like if somebody bench presses 400 pounds, I don't know what is the world's record for bench pressing. I don't even know. But let's just say if somebody can bench press 400 pounds, I would say that's pretty impressive. Because somebody can bench press 350, makes them strong as an ox and not weak. But if you compare it to 400 and you call it weak, that's to me what was just said about our market. And I just don't think it's appropriate. I think it's very misleading to the public, very, very misleading to the public. And a lot of the public believes everything that they read and they take action or lack of action accordingly. Mm -hmm. In fact, that lack of action, I still remember a guy telling me that the market was gonna, the market, he's waiting for the market crash. It's gonna happen this year, he said. And of course that was two years ago. Now, prices have gone up in that time and he did not buy a home because he was waiting for prices to go down for the market crash. And um, that was two years ago. So, and you know what? Eventually, you'll be right. The market will slow down. But this is not a slowdown when, uh, for the first six months of this year, we've had almost 3,500 solds in Fresno and Clovis. That is consistent with the 10-year average. Mm -hmm. Now, 2018 was higher. It was 3,800, 300 more. Okay, so but that's the analogy you used of the bench pressing yeah. 400 compared to 35 or 350. Uh, I guess that'd be like saying, well, Cody Bellinger um, only hit two home runs this week. Right. Be, uh, he, he's still leading or about yeah. to lead the league. <laughs> well, well, that's exactly. So the, the wording is really, really important. It's really, really important. It's, I think it's important to be responsible in the wording that is used out there with the public. All right. Well, I want to thank you, Susan, for coming in today. Thanks for having me. Yeah. And thank all our listeners for tuning in. And stay tuned next week for another edition of Welcome Home Radio.